welcome to the Zwift SBS podcast. Zwift is the fitness app that turns indoor riding into a game. Explore endless roads, race riders from all over the world, and boost your fitness with monthly training plans and structured workouts. Join the world's training playground where fun is fast. Go to Zwift.com and start your free trial. Bonjour, bonjour, bonjour. Welcome to the Zwift Cycling Central podcast. Uh, before we start, let me uh, remind you that you can uh, download, stream, or of course, subscribe to this podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash central or log a ride with our friends at Zwift. Joining me like every day of this series of podcasts is Dave McKenzie. How are you, Dave? Oh, I am pumped. I'm pumped for a number of reasons. We've got a special guest, uh, a good old mate of mine, and uh, he's going to give us some pretty good insights, actually. Plenty to talk about too. Yeah. Oh, gee, there's there's some some good stuff. There's some controversy. <laughs> it's all happening. It hey, is all it's happening. the Giro. Hey, oh, no, <laughs> I know. I know. I've got. I've got. Look at look at my highlighter. <laughs> I've marked about ten different points. I'm starting to feel a bit like Matt Keenan. Yeah. This is you know. Although you, you know only you're have getting one, serious when you do. Although that. you only have one color. Matthew's yeah, got one. One color's enough for me. <laughs> At three or four, I'll get confused. And you yeah. chose pink. You chose pink, which is. <laughs> oh, no. Quite fitting. Yeah. Uh, shall we bring the guest in? Let's bring him in. Yeah, let's bring him in. So he's, you said he's a good mate of yours, Trent Wilson. How are you, Trent? Hey, guys. Maka, Christoph, thanks for having me. You are uh, one of our unsung heroes. We want to we want to call this uh, sort of section with some of our guests because uh, general public might not know, but you wrote two Giros and you actually finished two Giros as well. Yeah, correct. Yeah, 2004, 2005. Well, they like Willow. I mean, uh, three-week journey... <laughs> There's, uh, there's plenty of riders have done them, but to finish two, pretty tough. And you rode for an Italian team, which was the same team that I started my pro career with. Tell us a bit about that. Yeah, so the team now is known as Androni. So I think uh, I watched the coverage last night. I missed one break out of the entire Giro. And I can guarantee you on that team 14 to 16 years ago, um, if we didn't make the break, there was a long debrief after the stage. So... The, the team's goals were make the break, win a stage. I think one year, uh, one of my teammates, Rahano, ran third overall. Uh, but, yeah, three weeks. Uh, the first Giro was a kind of an eye-opener. The second one, I went in a bit more confident, but um, had a big crash in the last week in the Dolomites. Uh, and then I struggled on from there, but, but got through. Some of the other Aussies helped me through, but, um, yeah, I think we finished up uh, Sestriere on the penultimate stage. He gave us a hotel room to have a shower before we transferred to M- Milan and the Swanee came in and actually found me asleep in the shower. So it was a pretty, pretty tough <laughs> couple of weeks. So, so reasonably tough. My <laughs> yeah. uh, told me that you, you've been following the, the race flat out. Are, are you enjoying the race this year? Uh, yeah, for sure. Like with the, with the Giro, I've always had a special uh, living in Italy and, and uh, for so long and getting to ride two, two Giros and a, a baby Giro was an Emidar. Uh, and then being over in the Giro the last six tours and, and some of my best mates uh, that we founded, founded that, it's been unusual to firstly spend May in Sydney and then to watch the Giro on my own lounge after so many years of being there. And I have watched it flat out and I'm looking forward to what's coming up in the next week as well. And Trent, what about, we, we were chatting earlier today and um, because you, I mean, you've got a pretty good, you've got a great story in cycling. You're, you're still heavily involved. You've got an NRS team and you work as well in the retail sort of sector of, of the industry. But Jai Hindley, I mean, how good has he been? And he's seventh overall. This is pretty special, isn't it? 
Yeah, for sure. Uh, I remember following under-23 nationals. It must have been five, six years ago now. And uh, that was the, the nationals where you had Robert Power, Jai Hindley, Ben O'Connor, and all these. Uh, after that race, I thought some of these guys are just going to go um, as, as far as I can take. And, uh, and then I think Jai that year, correct me if I'm wrong, he might have top 10 to an under and then second at the Sun Tour. And then he never really did the NRS. He went straight straight to um, the OES and then to after that. But he's a, he's a talent. And, and obviously, last night's stage in the front with Simon Clark, we had Ben O'Connor riding like a true champion. And then we had Dylan Sullen, who actually rode really well for his first Grand Tour on the front for about 50 kilometres or maybe a bit less. But yeah. It's it's exciting for Australian cycling. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's listen actually to uh, to uh, to Jai because we uh, we've been la- lucky enough to have a, a almost of a direct link with him. He's sending we us, have direct link. He's, yeah. he's sending us uh, little voice messages of how he's feeling after a stage, and that that's what he sent straight after the stage last night. Apart from almost like shivering off my bike, I was actually feeling pretty good. So happy with uh, happy with how the legs are handling the racing so far and um yeah that was another good day in the books just freezing cold man like brutal for me nebula is definitely definitely a danger man just yeah the guys the guys are classy grand tour rider you know he's got so much experience he's won so many grand tours and he knows what he's doing for sure with jow you yeah hats off to him mate like he's yeah, he's riding uh, phenomenally well. So credit to him, eh? <laughs> Can't really say much more. You know, he's he's held onto the jersey for a, for a long time now. So says a lot about how he's riding. I think. No wonder he's freezing. He's got his jersey unzipped <laughs> in that shot, and it wasn't raining. Either. <laughs> uh, little story. Uh, you know, we go into some sort of bank. Uh, Getty Images to get some some photos, and there was not a single photo of Jai on his own. On, on the actual Getty images, the guy is seventh in the Giro. Yeah, I know. He's only, I don't know if you've noticed, Trent, he's just started to make sort of mainstream news here in Australia. I saw ABC and a couple of others yeah. have started to pick up, which is fantastic, by the way. But seventh in the Giro is huge. Yeah, seventh in the Giro, we're past the halfway yeah. mark. This is, how far How far do you think he can go, Trent? I, I think he can, uh, he can definitely top 10. Uh, he's... How far up the top ten? I don't know. Uh, he's still young. Uh, definitely later down the track for sure. He can he can possibly win a Grand Tour. Uh, there's a few interesting stages. Like he could go quite well. The stage from Conliano on Saturday, followed by a climb I know quite well on Sunday, Piancabalo, which is quite um, underrated. Uh, it's it's somewhere between 14 or 17k from memory, and that might come down to being a pinnacle part of the tour or the, the Giro because we might not get up the Stelvio if the weather's uh keeps going the way it is. So I, I think he can definitely top ten. Yeah, yeah that's that's I, true. Actually. I actually think he can win it if he wears a mask. <laughs> <laughs> all he has to do is wear a mask. They all they all go out. They're dropping like flies. Yeah, and we'll, actually we'll talk we'll get more into that. It's true though. We're a double 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 breasted all he mask. does Jai wear a mask you can win this week. <laughs> Oh, that's cheeky. You are cheeky. Anyway, there was a race yesterday. We have a winner from Ineos and from Ecuador as well. I know. How good is it? This is the other side, Willow, that I love. 
that our, our sport is, we talk about it being globalized, et cetera, mm -hmm. et cetera. But the fact that we saw Richard Cadapaz win the Giro d'Italia yeah. last year, and now we've got an Ecuadorian stage winner, he was impressive. Yeah, 100%. Uh, way he rode that stage, and the conditions yesterday were horrible. What a what a Giro so far. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, did we say his name? No. Jonathan Navaeth. That's how I say it. That's okay. with the Belendiana. I call him Lisp. John. It's called John. John. John Navareth. John, John Navareth. Yeah, we yeah, my go. best. But yeah. uh, you've got quite good um, well, Sevillian I, 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 <laughs> I spent a year in, in, um, in Valencia specifically. So my Spanish that I learnt was Valenciana. Ask me where I've been in Spain. <laughs> no, man. No, no. No, you haven't. Have you been to Spain? Well... Is Mallorca Spain? Yes, Mallorca is. Yeah, it is, mate. That's pretty much where I've been. It is, it is. Look, I haven't been to Mallorca, but anyway. That's the only place I've been, anyway. By the way, 23 years of age, the winner, the stage winner, and he comes from that same team that Almeida comes from, the leader, the team of Axel Merckx, son of the great Eddie, the Axon Hagens Berman squad. It's They have just churned out. Teo Gagenhart is another one. They've churned out some superstars. So, uh, yeah, it was impressive. Yeah, shall we listen to the – listen to the DS from uh, Ineos? Uh, uh, just Dario Cioni. Yeah, yeah, Dario Cioni, because he gives us an insight about, you know, the, the win yesterday from uh, from uh, from, the, from the, the winner of the stage, uh, but also what Ineos is targeting in the next couple of days because, you know, it could be quite unclear losing uh, Geron Thomas early on. They may readjust their target. Let's listen to it. Jonathan is pretty complete rider. He can time travel good and he's also quite fast. So uh, we, for us, it was okay to go to the finish line uh, with two guys. Uh, could have been, he would have maybe tried to attack before the finish just to, to arrive alone. And then, uh, yeah, Padun was a bit unlucky with the, with the puncture. We waited a bit, but we couldn't really see him. And at that point, uh, Jonathan decided to commit and uh, I think at the end, Padum nearly got back, but then Jonathan pulled away. Uh, I'm quite confident he would have won the sprint anyway from uh, with with Padun. Uh, but uh, that's bike racing. Sometimes we are lucky with G, and sometimes someone else is unlucky. I mean, Theo is still up there, and uh, probably today will bump up a, a few places and maybe get in top ten. Let's see. I mean, uh, tomorrow is an intermediate, not easy stage. And then we got the TT, and after the TT, we will know uh, a lot more. TT and Piancavallo also. There we will have a clear figure on the last week. But until there, we will go after stages. There you go, Dario Cioni, uh, director sportif of uh, Ineos. Yeah, and, and Willow, isn't it interesting? They've won three stages now, but we still look at them like, okay, we're saying, yeah, well done. They're, 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 they're sort of um, reinventing themselves. Any other team in the Giro to win three stages, it'll be a massive success. But for Ineos, we don't look at it like that, do we? No, 100%. They're uh, the number one team in the, in the world and, and they're to perform at, at, all, uh, at all races, at all. And uh, I can't remember the night where we're halfway through the Giro and it's, correct me if I'm wrong, three or four teams have actually won a stage. So there's going to be a lot of teams go home from the Giro without winning a winning stage this yeah absolutely yeah that's true you just yeah i'll just remind you there's this uh valon obviously who who show a lot of the data and stats of the race and the stages and they have a real intel into the riders we've got a tweet yeah. that they posted yesterday just of the data seven watts per kilo the final climb of the day it's paolo bilbao just to show how tough it was 
Will, I'll tell you what, you and I both love Italy and you still go back there every year. As you mentioned, you, you run a trip there. Yesterday was one of those days. I'm just glad I'm retired. <laughs> you just didn't want to be in that yeah. race, did you? 100%. It's a, it's a very hard sport and, and days like that, uh, you definitely just want to get over and done with it. It wasn't a pleasant day. It's definitely a day that if I was there, I would have found a nice little cafe and cracked a nice little Chianti or something and watched on TV, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Let's touch on the, the, the coronavirus at the, oh, at the Giro because geez. it's, it's the, like the virus. It's actually also... It needs its own segment. Well, <laughs> yeah, I should, I should make out some graphics. Yeah, you, know? you should have. We will, we will. I'm sure SBS News has something I can There's steal. plenty. Do you want to open it up? You no, no, up. I just wanted to say it's like the virus. It's a segment that's, that won't go away. It's a discussion that won't go away at the Giro, and you've got plenty of stuff on this. There is, and and Willow, I'll bring you into this first discussion because you know this guy. You would have raced probably it was more my era, but you were not far behind me. Lucas Schinto, the director of uh, Vini Zabu, he was his team filmed him last night in the team hotel, and he I won't I can't say everything he said because it went for two minutes, but effectively. He's angry uh, with some of the teams. No one said anything during the Tour de France, he said. And I quote, he said, when France had almost 20,000 cases a day um, during the TDF, the teams didn't say anything. These people should leave, so leave the Giro. And he's saying they should not be invited back. If, you've, if you're not quite up with it, Willow, EF Education first, they sort of wrote an open letter to the UCI, RCS and the team saying, Let's think about a possibility of finishing this race early. I know that's a lot to stomach. What do you think about it all? What's your sort of initial reaction to some of this? Yeah, it's a tough one. Like we all want to see the end of the Giro, but um, in this pandemic, uh, it could be it could be time to to call it early. And, and we had a um, a massive finale up here in Cavallo on Sunday. I don't have the answers um, if. If they say what's what's happening is is going on with with people with the coronavirus and they're continuing on, then um, that's probably not the right way to go about it. So it, it might be time to call it, but um, yeah, it's a tough one. What about now? Come on, you you got to say and I, and no, I won't say anything. No, go ahead. Shinto having a go at saying they didn't say anything at the Tour de France. Slightly different circumstances. A little bit because my first reaction to this was, yeah, but Tour de France, zero cases with the riders. Yeah, and the bubble and was the bubble was tight. tight. Yeah. And look at in the Giro. I mean, I've seen all the footage yesterday. Demar, Demar, when he won the stage, so many people around him. He was high-fiving people, taking selfies and so on. Just Van Emden. Yeah. We, we, <laughs> we got the audio of Just Van Emden. So, so, I mean, there could be 20, 30,000 cases in France. Okay, there are, but... Uh, the race bubble at the at the Tour de France was tight. Doesn't look that tight at the Giro. Yeah, yeah. And, and I love I, I, I like Willow. We have a special place uh, in our hearts for the Giro d'Italia, obviously. But you yeah. know, I tell you what. One thing that's going to be interesting is the rest day coming up on Monday because oh, we are we are all hanging, you know, by you know, all the texts and and messages we might get because. This could get really nasty. Well, and here's just one other quote. I've just got to go to my phone for a second. So Jonathan Vorders, who is a team owner of EF Education, Eurosport UK first tweeted this, a proposal from EF Pro Cycling to halt the Giro d'Italia because of a clearly compromised bubble has been refused by UCI Cycling. Jonathan Vorders retweeted and commented 
and said this, to give this some colour, we aren't threatening to leave, just making a suggestion that we feel is correct given the situation. We'd rather race all the way to the finish in Milan. And if the next round of tests show it's safe to do that, we will. So there's a little bit of sort of propaganda and... Yeah. Do you talk British? <laughs> do I what? Talk you British? talk British. You talk English. You don't necessarily talk British. No, nah, well, British that, tabloids. That, well, that, <laughs> that is that what you're yes, alluding but. to. That is a yes, but or no, but you know. It's... Well, they've said they want extra tests, and yeah. apparently they are being done. So, but there's a lot of people debating yeah. both sides of this. It's including us. <laughs> and, and the other thing, Willow, and, and and as a pro yourself, and I've always I bash on about this, and I'm sure there's some listeners getting sick of me saying it, but we never see all of the teams joining forces and having one voice. It's too much scatter, isn't it? There's not, they're not on the same page, uh, and I don't think we've ever seen that in, in the sport. Yeah, I, firstly, I'd, I'd start off saying that, um, yeah, when the riders do finish and, and they cross the line and they're high-fiving each other and hugging each other, it's probably uh, showing um, yeah, not the right way that, that they should be going about it. They're on the stage and you've got to be excited, of course, but when we're supposed to social distance, it's pretty difficult. And also, you see on some of the mountains, there's, um, there's no social distancing there, so it's a bit of... Um, bit of a tough one but um yeah i think with the teams they just need to get together and and make a decision and and run with it yeah, absolutely yeah, yeah. uh let's listen to uh, to luke roberts from uh, from sunweb because he answered in the second part of this interview he answers that question about how the team got prepared but of course they've got the positive case from michael matthews in in their team so it's interesting to to listen and understand what uh, luke roberts is the ds of uh, of sunweb has to say yeah i mean at the moment we uh we have you know, with the, the situation with Michael, um, isolated, uh, directly um, moved into quarantine, um, will continue to be retested. Um, the entire team also continually to be retested. We're, we're testing every day um, just to make sure we can keep our bubble as, as clean or to keep our bubble clean. Um, yeah, and then, uh, you know, we'll continue to do that, continue with our, our uh, with great attention on our hygiene and um, yeah, hopefully or keep our eyes on uh, getting this race to Milan. Yeah. Before the season restarted, we had to make agreements with the teams on, on how we'll deal with these situations. And um, you know, we had, this, the, with one positive case, um, the teams knew how to react on it. Um, we've, you know, we've, we will continue to retest. We, we, we want to keep this, this bubble clean um, and try to keep this, this race continuing for the sakes of the race organisations, um, the sponsors, the fans. Um, you know, it's important that we can we can all um, do our part, make sure we can um, you know, make this race continue to continue to happen. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's I mean, let's play out on the road. Let's play it out on the road. Yeah. I reckon. But um... yeah, no, I was just going to say on that. It just jog my memory after chatting with Matt White sort of a few times throughout yeah. the Tour de France. He said they have a they had their own team of yeah. people that went ahead each day to clean to clean the rooms. Yeah, clean the like hotels, literally yeah. just sanitize. They would have had to put another line in their team budget, I reckon, for hand yeah. sanitizer. You don't have them though. <laughs> no, you that's didn't really true. have them this year. Well, help them at the tour, but not yeah, not, yeah, at, the no, Giro, yeah, not yeah. at the Giro. Yeah, um, absolutely. Uh, yesterday was the town where Marco Pantani was from. Yeah, uh, and I think. Uh, so I, you got a bit yeah, <laughs> I wanted to chat about this a little bit, Willow, Marco Pantani. We would have both, uh, I certainly raced, um, he, he was in the Peloton when I was racing in Italy. He was more in the Peloton. He was one of the greatest. Um, 
And I was watching the Italian coverage last night and Alessandra Di Stefano, who is, she's an icon of the Giro d'Italia, as you know, Willow, they can't stop sort of discussing and dissecting and debating Marco Pantani in Italy. Mm-hmm. And Christoph, you mentioned there's a new documentary coming out. It's, um, to me, Willow, he was, he's still one of the greatest that we'll see. I know there's a bit of a dark past in terms of his competitive aspect, but it's tragic in circumstances that he passed away. And I just think we need to celebrate him rather than sort of debate him because he's still got family here. He's still got friends here who see this news. Can't we just celebrate Marco Pantani, the champion? What What do you think? Yeah, I, I totally agree. Like that, it's that era is well and truly done and whatever happened, whatever he's doing back then, but he's also a champion and uh, he had many great results and he's still one of the riders. He was up there with Chippo um, and he's one of those guys that when I first turned pro, I was actually nervous to ride past. I'm like worried that I'm going to uh, drop a ball or hit a hole and take him out. But um, I think the first time I, I actually rode next to him, we were teammates, Macca, when we went down for Copy Bartley. And, um, yeah, I was just super nervous. That's Marco Bantani. And I actually did his first memorial race um, back in 2004, I think it was, or 2005. And it was horrible. So difficult because that's the kind of rider he was. And we should celebrate him, especially when we're going through his, his hometown. Yeah, yeah, and then yesterday because uh, you've been watching the Italian coverage, I've yeah. been watching the French coverage. Uh, but the uh, well, I'm interested in the French what well, they had to say about they, him. They were celebrating Pantani as well, but yeah. what they were impressed about is Pantani's mum was there at yeah. the, at the start and the finish, yeah. uh, and then she really wanted to step back from the media because she said it's not my day it's the day of the Giro it's actually not Marco's day as well there was a, there's another a Grand Fondo happening uh, yesterday but the media swarmed her and she had to answer and they said she stayed for nearly 45 minutes answering questions mainly to the Italian uh, broadcasters and, and public because they were so polarizing and the subject of Marco Bontani was still very vivid. And all she did, she turned up to the back race. Yeah. She wasn't planned. She just she, turned up to the back race. Yeah, yeah. And and, and you said to me uh, this morning that the documentary, and I've seen the, the shorts, yeah. I think it's in it's in Italian, Yeah, whether or not they'll release a or subtitle it for English. But you said it's polarizing and it's suddenly creating more debate once Th- again. That's what they were saying in the Gazzetta del Sport. Yeah. And apparently, there's there's a clear divide on the pro-Pantanis and the against Pantani. But that debate is still very vivid with that new... It's a three-part documentary yeah. that's been aired on, on the, the Italian TV. And apparently, is the source of all the debates. I mean, and we know Italians can debate, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. And <laughs> uh, I, <laughs> but there's a source of debate in Italy. And, I, and look, maybe maybe that that you know, that debate side of it. Maybe I'm looking at it the wrong angle. They're debating him because they all love him. Mm-hmm. That they just can't help, but they want to still talk about it. But I just think, let's just celebrate the guy. Yeah. You know, let the past be the past. Let's talk about the, the race uh, coming up tonight. Uh, stage is relatively flat. What do you think of that stage for Well, tonight? actually, I might ask you, Will I? Because I think you've, you're you're onto this. It's, uh, well, we've got the graph here, so we'll just... Talk about that for a second. It is oh, 192 kilometers, two little climbs, and the last one comes with about 16 kilometers to go. I think it's a day for the sprinters, Trent. What What do you think? Yeah, I, I definitely think uh, it'll be a stock standard flat day. Break goes up the road, Androni, Badiani, those kind of teams, uh, three or four guys. Demar's unbeatable in a sprint. He's just putting lengths into them. But I'd really like to see 
I don't think Sagan will just sit up and let him take the um, sprinter's jersey. So I'd like to see him have a really big dig up this climb and, and see if he can get um, DeMar distanced or, or get over the top with a small group and have another crack for a win. So, Trent, you, you've been in the Giro twice, we said. Uh, you know, DeMar's won four stages. How big of a, uh, an, a, an achievement, of a success it is to actually win four stages of the Giro, knowing how difficult the race is? Oh, it's um, it's massive. I think 2004, I think Pataki won nine stages, and that was that was ridiculous. The <laughs> time he won a stage, <laughs> yeah. And and Maca, you know, he's a character, and it, he was one that I always caught up with in the peloton because he's such such a good laugh. And I remember we were riding behind Pataki one day, and and, and Gates is there going because he always used to go five or you know that's how many stages are won, and every stage he won, and and. And Nick, Nick was saying, you think Pataki's uh, forgetting how many he won? <laughs> so he's getting to the, the finish line going, oh, yeah. Yeah, well, he won a lot. He won. I mean, I couldn't tell you off the record. I think it's up 40 or it's it's up there with Cipollini. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. certainly. Um, so who's, who's, who's your pick for tonight? Oh, no, I'm actually with Willow. I like, I like the idea of Sagan launching over that second climb. There's two climbs. The first one's at 162, tops out at. Four kilometres at 7.8%. And this last one, it's only two kilometres, but it's 9.9%. It's actually right up Peter Sagan's alley, isn't it? It's um, But DeMar isn't a slouch. He, I mean, he's won Milan San Remo, so he's got over the Poggio, et cetera. But no, I'm with Willow. I'd like to see Sagan do, do another one and, and sort of, you know, make it a close contest. And I think where you guys are right, uh, it will play out on the contest because there's 50 points to grab at the finish. Is, are you nervous? No, no. Yeah, you're, he's nervous. Yeah. Willow, he's nervous. <laughs> I'm flying the French flag. Just tell Jamar not yeah. to throw the arms up. <laughs> but like, Demar can throw the arms up. He's so far ahead of, of it's not like oh, he's, so far ahead of He's everyone. an arrogant Frenchman too. Yeah. Oh, my God. Stereotype. <laughs> uh, Trent, uh, quickly, tell us how you know, we've been talking about the, tour, the, the Giro, how hard the third week always is. You know, you rode twice the Tour de France, as I, as I said, but going in into the last race day, knowing the third week is there with whatever is coming, how, how do you think the riders are feeling today, tomorrow, you know, with what's coming up next week as well? Yeah, the, the third week, um, well, firstly, the second rest day, it, it's always interesting. The, the managers and the sports directors want you to go out and do three, three and a half hours, kind of semi on the rivet and, and have a couple of efforts thrown in there. But uh, John Trevorrow quickly taught me on my first Giro that um, that's for the big players and, and you need to rest and recover. And uh, I know both both years I'd go out for a role with um, a teammate, Russ Van Hout and uh, Brett Lancaster, Scotty Davis and a couple of others. And, and we'd just sit at the brew shop for, for two and a half hours and then roll back in. And it was before Garmin, so we just rolled in and del- deleted our computer and said we did the three and a half hours. But it was all about rest, <laughs> rest and recovery. And um, and they, they got a hard they, they got a hard week like uh, Conleano TT Pianco rest day. A lot of people don't pull up from the rest day very well, so it'll be interesting to see how uh, how the GC riders come out of that. They go into the Feruli region, pretty pretty tough day, lumpy, uh, and then across into um, Madonna de Campiglio, which is a really hard day. Uh, and then obviously the they go up to Stelvio if they can get up there, and then the second last day is pretty. Pretty filthy, also finishing in uh, Sestriere. 
So good luck, Tom. Filthy. Using the, the right word there. Oh, yes. yes. Yeah. Uh, and you mentioned you know the climb on Sunday very well. Can you talk to us about what, what is ahead for Sunday? Yeah, so I lived, uh, when I first went to Italy, I lived in uh, well, pretty much 10 kilometers from Conleano, where the stage is on, on Saturday. So Piancavallo was uh, a training loop that I would do quite often. And uh, it's, it's probably a bit out of my memory now in distance, but it's somewhere between 14 and 17K. And it's, uh, it's quite open as well, uh, so it can get quite windy at the top. I think the Giro finished up there three years ago, so it does go there quite often. But it'll be fairly um, – I think there's a couple of other climbs that day that will sort them out as well, but they'll finish on top of Piancavallo. So I think the GC guys – I don't think – I know the GC guys would definitely have to come out to play because it'll be uh, a towing cost whether they can go up the Stelvio and, and some of the higher mountains on the Saturday after that. Yeah, okay. yeah, good cool. call. Good call, Willow. I like that. See, Intel, inside. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, uh, Trent. It was, uh, it was a pleasure to have you in a, in a program with all this insight from uh, the Giro. Yeah, great to have you on. And now, listen, next time we chat, don't tell me about the holidays you've been on, okay? <laughs> Not at least until we are out of lockdown. <laughs> yeah, 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 sorry, Macker. I'll, I'll keep the holiday chat to a minimum. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Willow. Cheers, Thank mate. You. Thanks. That's cool. Yeah, he's a he's a great guy, Trent. And uh, uh, yeah, two Giro's, so yeah. he knows. And he, as he said, lived right in that region. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, also coming up on SBS is Flanders. Oh. Of course, weekend of Flanders. Uh, yeah. Men and women, we'll have some great guests for you in the next couple of days. So stay mm. tuned to this podcast and this video uh, version of the podcast on uh, on Facebook and Twitter because. Uh, I mean, we, we, and the it's, flag live. Is it. it's live on, and yeah. that flag is getting elevated. Yeah. I, think. <laughs> I don't care. It's, it's getting, it's getting front and center, I think, for Sunday. And of course, it's live on SBS. Absolutely. Maddie Cannon, Brady O'Donnell, they'll be at the helm. Yeah. I'll be, um, doing crosses from my lounge room once again with Tomo. Yeah. <laughs> it'll be fun. It's going to be good. Nah, it'll be good. And yeah. Flanders is such a brilliant time. Yeah. Uh, anything else? I've got a few snippets. If I can just, yeah. I'll try and quickly get through them. One, this is disappointing. Gent six. The Ghent Six track race, yep. blurring my words, has been cancelled for the first time since 1946. Yep. So the, the Second World War era. So you, that's you, a real you shame. and I tried to enter the velodrome last we year. Did, we, we did. Couldn't. I took you on a little tour yeah. of Ghent, didn't I? <laughs> so that's a real shame. Plenty of Aussies uh, have won that race yep. over the years. Scott McGrory, of course, Matt Gilmore, Glenn O'Shea was the last Australian to win that. So that's a real shame. My Belgian friends I know, they are absolutely devastated. Yeah, of course. They just love going to a smoke-filled room and drinking beer for, you know, six days straight. Yeah. <laughs> so they're missing out. Uh, Remco Evenepoel, he's had his first ride out okay. on the road. So the Belgian star, he's back. Just back riding. So yeah. that's 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 fantastic We'll be back news. next year on, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but he's back on the bike and yeah. he said it felt so good. Uh, Cam Worth. Yes. A bit of a regular yeah. <laughs> on SBS and a good friend of SBS. He's on the start list for of the Vuelta. Vuelta. Yeah. So which, far. Which is going to be on SBS, by the way, the yeah. Vuelta as so well. So we will, we're going to drag him on. At some uh, point, I would say we? so far because we've seen that Ineos is still tweaking the team yeah. around Carapaz and, uh, and I Froome. So. I hope so. But I reckon, I reckon they want him around. I and, and we, he's, we could attach a little lapel during the stages. Yeah, I think. I'm, not sure the, I'm not sure Ineos will not. Uh, do this uh, and there's an ele- there's 11 Australians at the moment that I'm seeing lined up for that. That's almost got to be a mini record. Yeah, might get Matt Keenan to fact check that one for us, but I think that'd be close. 
Uh, and just to, to sort of go back to the Vuelta, the, uh, the Vuelta, Flanders, yep. on Sunday, some great news. Amanda Spratt, she's okay. on the list. She's back. She's been given the all-clear of race. That is cool. So she will be yep. joining a super strong team, and I think a team that can win that race, but we're not going to give too much away. <laughs> we might have a couple of guests soon. Absolutely. Thank you for joining us, Michael. Thank you. Thank you. It was good. So this was the uh, Zwift Cycling Central podcast. Uh, before we go, uh, let me remind you that you can uh, download, stream, or subscribe to this podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash central or log a ride with our friends at Zwift. Next uh, episode for this podcast, same place, same time, tomorrow. Until then, it's bye for now. Before we go, a quick shout out to Zwift, the fitness app that turns indoor riding into a game. Getting started on Zwift is easy. All you need is a bike, a trainer, and the Zwift app, and you're ready to go. Explore endless roads, race riders from all over the world, and boost your fitness with monthly training plans and structured workouts. Join the world's training playground, where fun is fast. Go to Zwift.com and start your free trial.